Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. We've been in these series. The first one was we were talking about who is God, and we were talking about when we said that, who is God the Father. And so what is Father's God's name? Yahweh. There you go. His name is Yahweh. And so then we went into who is Jesus Christ. So who is Jesus Christ? What is Jesus Christ's Hebrew name? Yeshua, right? And so and we, we learned about Yahweh. We learned about Yeshua. And so the natural progression of things would be that we now learn about, oh, some of you got that. We learn about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go into this series probably the next three weeks of really doing a deep dive and learning about the Holy Spirit and his role that he plays in our life and in humanity. He's a very important part of the Godhead. But I want to reflect back. Uh, who remembers when they got saved? All right. I couldn't tell you the, the actual date, but I can tell you it was in the evening because I didn't keep up with things back then. But I can tell you uh, it was in the evening and I was in my house and I just came home from work and uh, I was at home. And I, I'd be honest with you, I just drank a uh, half a fifth of wine and it's this cheap con. Can I get an Amen. And, uh, and I just drank a half fifth of wine, I was a little tipsy, and I was just like, man, what am I doing? And I mean, I had a job, I had a house, I had, you know, uh, a truck, I, I had material things, but I was just empty. I was, I was empty on the inside, and I just went to the sink, and I poured the rest of that fifth out in the sink. I went back into my living room, and I was just like, man, there's something better than this. And, and I just got on my knees and I lifted up my hands and I said, God, I, I know there's more and I am empty on the inside. I don't want to keep living like this. And I, I need you. And so tonight I'm going to give my life to you. And I just, it was just a real natural and just me talking to him. And what's funny is I never really talked to him like that before. But I just got down and I just began to, and when I said that, and when I was on my knees and I, and I said, I just want to give you my life, Lord, all of a sudden, I didn't even know what it was, something came on me. Something just came on me. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Well, later I found out uh, through reading and studying that, y'all hear the horns blowing? A couple of horns blowing. By the way, that is... Uh, uh, it was visit a truck. That's for our children's ministry. And they're out there seeing what kind of vehicles and, you know, just a neat thing for our children's ministry. So how many appreciate our children's ministry? They do a great job. Even though they take up half the parking lot. Come on, somebody. Um, but I, I found out later that, you know, that was the Holy Spirit that literally had come upon me when I, I gave my life to Christ. And so when I did that, man, it just, it was like, 
it was undeniable. Like I was sitting here, he's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't even know what to call it. But the Holy Spirit came upon me, and, and literally from that moment on, my life began to change. And what I recognized was that wasn't the only time he was dealing with me. And I started looking back. For years, the Holy Spirit had been working with me. And it was that moment in my living room that had all come to a, a culmination. And man, the, the Spirit of the Lord just came down on me. And you know what happened? I became born again. Now, what's interesting is if you'd asked me about, am I a Christian before that? I would have told you yes. I told people yes all the time. But I wasn't. I was raised in a Christian home. I had been to church. I knew about who Jesus was, but I had never been born again. I'd never had the Spirit of God come down upon me. And on that night, the Spirit of the Lord came into my life, and I was born again. And it was a a wonderful experience. Now, in John 3, we see that Jesus Christ himself teaches us that this is how it ought to be. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these uh, signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus responded and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, unless someone is what? He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? So he's asking Jesus, he said, well, how can, I don't understand this. And you got to say, Nicodemus is a very educated person. He said, I don't understand what are you talking about here? Jesus answered, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water, And the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh. That which has been born of the spirit is spirit. Now let's stop right here for a moment. So here Jesus Christ is revealing something that for someone to have salvation, first of all, they have to be born from a a mother on the earth. That's what it means when it says water, you know, Ladies, what is your baby in when it's in your womb? Water. And so it's interesting that it's in water. And then if you think about creation and creation, it said the earth was covered in water. All of that ties in. But anyway, so it was in water. So what happens when that water bursts? It's time to get to the hospital. I remember Cindy on one of our kids were outside by the steps. And all of a sudden I heard like a faucet turn on. And I was like. What just happened to you? She said, what happened to me is this time to go to the hospital. That water had burst. So it's a water birth. And so that's what he's talking about, flesh giving uh, birth to flesh. Now, it's very important to understand this, that only human beings can be saved. And so an angel, I don't know if you realize this, cannot be born again because they're not born from a human being. The only way that you can be born again is to be first born from a human being. But just being born from a human being is not enough. You can't just be born from a human being. It's not enough that I came from my Christian home, that my mom was a Christian. 
I had to be born not just from my mom. I had to be born of the Spirit. I had to be born from God. Can I get an amen? Amen. And then Jesus said, do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Now, this is very important, what we're about to talk about. It says, the wind, say the wind. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching us something. Now, the Bible says that nature itself teaches us about who God is. And here, Jesus is using nature itself to teach us who the Spirit of God is. And he says, wind. He said, the wind and the Spirit is the same thing. It works the same way. I've had people throughout uh, my time with the Lord, they'll say, well, you know, how can I believe in God? I can't see God. And I'll just tell them, I say, well, how can you believe in the wind? Because you can't see the wind. You don't know where it came from. You can't see it. How can we know the wind is real? We can feel it. Just like that day when I asked the Lord, I was praying in my heart, a natural prayer, but something supernatural happened that I could not see, but I could feel. I can feel it. How else we know the wind is real? You can see the effects of it, right? You can see a tree rustling. You can see a piece of paper being blown across the ground. In other words, there's an effect. And so when I felt God, not only did I feel God, but there was an effect of God, Pastor Sam. By the way, didn't Pastor Sam do a great job last week? We appreciate him and the whole team. The whole team, I appreciate you guys. But there was an effect. My life changed. And so that's the born again. That's, by the way, that's one of the evidences. But so how else we know the wind is there? We can hear it. Can't we hear the voice of God? When Elijah was in the cave and... It said a gentle breeze came through, and again, he's using wind. A gentle breeze came through, and and boom, he heard the voice of the Lord. I want you today to never feel the wind and think the same way again. Anytime you feel the wind, I want you to think about the Spirit of God. Every time you feel the wind. So, who is the Spirit? Because I think Christianity really does not have that relationship with the Spirit of God. Now, they'll say, well, I know Jesus. Well, you should also know the Spirit then. So who is the Holy Spirit? First of all, uh, he has a Hebrew name. And can anyone raise their hand and tell me what his Hebrew name is? The Holy Spirit's Hebrew name. Go ahead. You, you there, you close. Who, who, who can say it? Anybody? That's, hey, close, very good. Is, is Ruhak Hakadesh. Very good, you're very close. Y'all are on top of it. Ruhak Hakadesh, okay, is the name for the Holy Spirit, the Hebrew name for the Holy Spirit. Now, the meaning of Ruhak Hakadesh is a holy wind. A holy wind, that's the first part. So literally, Hakadesh means divine one. And then Ruhak means wind. Or in Greek, it'd be uh, pneuma, 
means when. And so you got a holy when. So literally, when Jesus explaining born again and he uses the when, that's the actual definition of who the Holy Spirit is. He is the holy when, or, and it's also, this is part of the definition, the breath of God. So that's the holy wind of the, the breath of God. It's literally the breath of God is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to go to Genesis, Genesis 2-7. And I want you to see this. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils. He didn't breathe it into his mouth, did he? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living person. So here you see where God took Adam, made him from clay, and formed him out as mature, by the way. That's why science is all messed up. They don't realize God makes things mature. That it doesn't have to, it, God does not have a beginning, and therefore what he created looks as it has no beginning because it came from him. This will help you understand why scientists are so confused. All right, so, so he made Adam, and then he leaned down, and he blew into his nostrils. Very interesting. Medically, they found out through the years, it's funny, anything they find out medically and science, scientifically, it's always in the scripture, and it's always was there. Just like the earth, oh, the earth, yeah, the earth's round. And so the Bible said the earth's round, it said it a couple times, the earth's round. So, but medically, we, you know, they found out that we should not be mouth breathers, that we should be nose breathers. As a matter of fact, when you, if you find yourself being a mouth breather, work on that. Because when you're a nose breather, it's going to help you not get sick like you would being a mouth breather. Because germs come in through the mouth. That's why you wash your hands and eat so be, to keep the germs from your mouth. But your nose is developed in such a way where it keeps those things out. It, it helps to keep those kind of things away from you. But also, medically, they found out that, wow, when you do something, this one activity, it actually is having tremendous, matter of fact, it's, it's blowing off the charts uh, in the medical world today, but it has this tremendous benefit to people with blood pressure, uh, heart rate, anxiety. It just has this tremendous benefit uh, for them, athletes have figured out, wow, this is going to help. It helps me be a better athlete. And it's the whole idea of breathing deeply through the nostrils. And it goes, what the Bible always talked about is meditation. And when you meditate and you breathe through the nostrils and then you breathe out, there is a calming of your entire body, spirit, and mind. And it was meant to be that way. That's why from the beginning, that's what God breathed in the nostrils. Now, I want you to recognize something. He breathed the breath of God in his nostrils. And when Adam became alive, all of a sudden he had breath. By the way, what's the last thing to leave you when you die? Your breath. That is your spirit. That's the pneuma. That's, the, that's who you are. Your spirit is the breath. So God made Adam breathe breath in him, and Adam takes his breath, and he knew that it said, okay, and he already had, had earth ready for him because he had all the plants and the trees and everything that were already made by God. And when Adam exhales his breath, creation 
inhales his breath. So God exhaled into Adam. Adam uh, exhaled into the earth. And the earth inhaled from Adam. And then breathed it back out so Adam can get the clean air back in him. But the beautiful thing I want you to see, that this is the very breath of God that is still, that we're breathing today. That breath never went away. That breath is only expanded. So the same breath that Adam breathed in and breathed out is the same one today that you and I are breathing in and breathing out. And I do believe that's why when people practice breathing in and letting out, they don't even realize it's the healing power of God and it's the presence of God that's calming them. Look, I want to, okay, Job, Job 33. Job 33, it says, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. So here Job had recognized that. Whoa, wait, the spirit of God made me. Remember the breath, uh, Ruach HaKodesh is the breath of God. He breathed in and made him. And that's the breath of the almighty that gave him life. Then in Job 34, it says, if God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, watch this, all life would cease and humanity would turn again to dust. Whoa. The world does not even know who they're beholden to for their breath that they're breathing. If God removed his spirit and breath from the earth, we would all go back to what Adam was made from, the dirt of the ground. Wow. This speaks of continual dependence on Yahweh to exist. Guys, you realize this, a lost person doesn't even really know how much they owe God. That literally, you're only breathing because he's breathing on you. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Well, after the first breath was given to man, it ended up being contaminated by sin, which caused not just a physical death to be enacted, but a spiritual death was given. I want you to think about this for a second. All right. So he said, Adam, when you, when you eat this fruit, you certainly will die. Yet if you recall, Adam didn't die right away, did he? No, he went hundreds of years, hundreds of years. And so there was a physical expiration date given, but it was hundreds of years later. But what was immediate was the spiritual's death. See, we only think about the death of the body where God was like, I'm still going to give him hundreds of more years. But, but the death of the spirit, there was a separation that took place. There had to be a separation where he was dead spiritually, but alive physically. And Jesus, in Revelation 3, reveals that this indeed can be. And it says, I know your deeds, that this is Jesus speaking, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, yet you are dead. You can have a name, and you can be breathing on this earth, but be spiritually dead. Jesus also said in another passage, let the dead bury the dead. So you can be alive, yet spiritually dead. This was the condition of all mankind. 
So the Lord had to do something about this. So for humans to be brought back to spiritual life, Jesus Christ had to breathe his breath on us once again. So he had to come back and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to redo this thing. I'm going to remove the sin that, that corrupted and that killed you spiritually. And then I'm going to breathe in on you the new breath, the Ruach HaKadosh, that's going to give you eternal life. Amen. That's going to fill you up and make you this new creature. We're redoing this thing. I'm going to make you a 2.0 version. Come on, someone. And we see this happen in John. Now watch this. John 20, 19 through 22. It says, now, when it was evening, on the day, what was happening here? Jesus had already been crucified. He had actually already risen from the dead. The apostles were afraid of all the turmoil. And I mean, they just crucified Jesus and they're afraid that they were going to get crucified. And so they were hiding in the upper room. It says, now, when the evening of that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were together due to fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, so Jesus came in that room and he said to them, peace be to you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. See, Jesus had already did the work on the cross. But the disciples, apostles, had not yet believed that he had rose again from the dead. And so he showed them the hands and his side. So when they saw that, they realized, wow, he has risen from the dead. You know, what Mary said when she walked in here is true. And when they believed that, it says the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be to you. Just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Now watch this. And when he had said this, watch this. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. And that's when they were born again. That's when things changed. That's when they became the 2.0 version of humanity. Right here. When he breathed on him. When someone gets saved, literally, when I got on my knees, when I got on my knees and asked the Lord to save me, literally, Jesus was there and he was waiting. And when I put my faith in him, he went, and the Holy Spirit, whoa, that I didn't even know what it was, came upon me. Sarah, just come on up, Sarah. Came, came upon me, just came upon me. Actually, actually, uh, it's going to seem weird, but in the spirit realm, I, I, I hear the sound of, of worship. I want you to get on there. What you said, you do too? I want you to, I want you to just receive. It's, he breathed on them and they received all the Holy But let me tell you this. Notice that they had to receive the Holy Spirit. He can breathe and you not receive it. You know, I got some horses at the house. And uh, I love my horses. I like going out there and talking to them and watering them and spending time. And so I'll go out there and they'll come up to me. 
And uh, if you ever watch horses, they love to breathe each other's breath. They'll like put their nose to each other and, and breathe each other's breath. So I know that. So I speak on their language. So when I go out there, I, so I put my mouth down and the horse leans down his nostrils right where my mouth is. And I go. And he flares his nostrils and he goes. And he just takes in my spirit because I'm breathing in him. And man, he just feels his nostril up. And then he'll breathe out. And when he does, I go, and I breathe in his breath. It's not that bad, by the way. Cindy's like that. Cindy, Cindy she's like, breathe, breathe breath out of your nostrils. I, I, I love the way you, you know, your breath smells when it comes out your nostrils. And so I'll just breathe out my nostrils. And she's like, and then she'll go, <laughs> But you have to receive it. See, you can breathe it. And you ever got, you know, come on, ever, anyone ever drove through where a skunk was killed or something? And you're like, oh, you kind of hold your breath. You go through, you know, someone, something, you go to a town, they got one of them uh, paper meals, and you're like, oh, God. And you try not to breathe, get into the other side. Or the smoke comes up, and you're like, kind mm, of hold your breath to get out of the smoke. That's what people are doing, Jesus. They don't realize that it's a sweet-smelling aroma. If they would just breathe it in. If they would just breathe it in. You know, in John 14, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you a helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. So you see, until you believe in him, till you can see him, you can't receive from him. You got you to believe that Jesus is, that Jesus died, that Jesus rose again from the dead. And all I'm doing is quoting scriptures. Then the spirit of God comes upon you and you become this new creature. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. He means with you, but will be in you. The breath of God, the Spirit of God is in me. Very powerful. Very powerful. Bring my keys up just a little bit, Jim, if you don't mind. Because I felt that in heaven, just this, this Genesis 1, 1 through 3. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and desolate emptiness. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And guess who's there? The Spirit of God. He was there. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The surface of the waters. Remember a baby coming from the water? surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And the Spirit of God moved. That's why the words of God, the Word of God is the Spirit of God. 
because it's the breath. When he speaks, he moves. And then can't help to recall this testimony from my momo who's going to be with the Lord. Uh, she told me about a time that she was in church. And she was a very spiritual lady. She would see things in the spirit realm, by the way, which exists. Part of the problem with the church is naturally minded instead of being spiritually minded. All right. So she would see things in the spirit. And she was at church one day and she was sitting there and she said the pastor was preaching. And as she was, he was preaching, the spirit prompted her to turn around and look behind her. And she looked behind her and she saw a man. And the pastor had had him stand up. Matter of fact, I'm going to have you stand up. Why don't you stand up so we can get into this story? Amen. Let's all stand up together. That's how it was. Just like this. We're standing up like this. No one was moving around. Standing up like this. And so she looked, she looked back. And she saw this man. And she looked over him. And the Spirit of God was hovering over him. Was hovering over him. Just like in that scripture, the Spirit of God was hovering over him. And she watched and she looked as his fingers got white as he clenched the pew in front of him. Because he wouldn't receive. And so she kept looking and the Spirit of God kept hovering and hovering and he just would hold tight. The preacher would preach the Spirit to hover and he would hold tight. And then she said, she looked back, and the spirit began to gently move off of him. And when the spirit moved off of him, his fingers relaxed because he had refused what God was trying to do. And the Lord spoke to my mama and said this, it'll be a long time before you ever get that chance again. We don't determine when God's going to do something in our life, he does. But we can miss what God's going to do in our life by not receiving what the Spirit is trying to do. Because once you do that so many times, you can get very hard towards the Spirit. You can actually become what the Bible says, calloused where you can no longer feel the wind. You can no longer hear the wind. You can no longer see the wind because you've gotten so calloused. That's another message to talk about how to get rid of the callousness. But, but the point is, the Spirit hovered there waiting, beckoning, drawing. You don't come to God when, he, when you want to. You come to him when he allows you to. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ, the scripture. No one comes to Jesus unless the Father uses the Spirit to draw him. That's scripture. So when you have that opportunity, when the Spirit is hovering over you, God will respond. Come on, Sarah, say that. Come on, enter into the heavens. 
Spirit of God is hovering over some of you. Will you decide right now that you're going to answer, that you're going to receive, that you're going to breathe in that Spirit? If you're in this room and that's you and you know it, the Spirit is hovering. He's hovering. And you're like, I want to respond. I want to feel him. I want to know him. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I feel the Spirit hovering over me and to give myself to him. Raise your hand high. Thank you. Raise it high. Who else says that's me? Thank you. Who else says that's me? Thank you. Right here in the front. Who else says that's me? Yes, thank you. Over here. Who else says that's me? Yes, thank you. Over there. Who else? Now is your time. Now is the time for the Spirit of Almighty God to descend down upon you. Who else says, that's me? That's me. I sense him hovering over me. Anyone else said, that's me? Thank you. Young man right here. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That hand up there. Who else said, that's me? That's me up in the front. Yes. Who else says, that's me? Yes, thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. We're going to do something, guys. The Spirit wants to feel you. He wants to come upon you. Those of you, raise your hand. I got leaders that are there with you. I want you to, if you're next to someone, I want you to even come with them. If you know them, come on, I want you to move down. If you raise your hand, I want you to get down to this altar. I want you to move down to this altar. Sarah, begin to sing that. Come on, church. Come on, give my a hand clap as they begin to move down to this altar. Come on, let's just begin to get in the spirit. Come on, everyone. Get in the spirit. Come on, just come down. Yes, come down. Come down. Come down in the presence of Jesus. Come down. Come on, begin to sing, church, with them. Begin to sing. Come on, I should hear you. Come on. Yes. Come on, if you're down here. Spirit of Almighty God, allow God to come upon you. Allow the power of Jesus. Come on. Let him touch you. Let him touch you. Come on, church. Cry it out. Give me someone. Yes. Let the Spirit of God move. Let him touch. 
the gates, let heaven on in. Would you rest on us? Come and rest on us. Oh, fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Would you rest on us? Come and rest on us. Oh, fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Would you rest on us? Come and rest on us. Oh, fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Would you rest on us? Come and rest on us. Holy Lift your hands, church. Come and behold him. Come and behold him. Get lost in his majesty. Come and behold him. Isn't he captivated? Come and behold him. Come and behold him. We cannot have the structure of God and deny the power thereof. We cannot just think in the natural, we must think in the spiritual. When the Spirit of God is moving, I don't know if y'all saw how many of these young kids that came and were compelled by the Spirit to come up as long as, as well as all these others. Let me tell you something, that is the Spirit of God moving undeniably. That's the wind blowing that tree. That's the wind blowing that piece of paper across the ground that's the wind blowing these lives in the direction that God wants them to go in that's the salvation of God that's the miraculous power of God that's the hovering of the spirit of God that's God himself looking down and breathing upon them and saying let there be life and there was life there was life in this place let there be life and there is life in this place come on Holy Spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, Sarah. Everyone in here. Come on, everyone in here. Let's go.
I want you to breathe in. Just breathe in. Let it out. Breathe in. Father, we owe you everything. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for the breath of life. Church, this is a spiritual walk. Don't try to walk this out in the natural. You'll be frustrated. You'll be powerless. Say this with me. Say, welcome, Holy Spirit. I think there's other others in here too where the Spirit of God is just prompting you about some things in your life. Don't tell him no. He's prompting you about some things in your life. Just tell him yes. Breathe in what he's doing. Breathe in what he's doing. sense somebody in here that you're feeling incomplete said well I breathed in God but I just there's something not complete yet and the Lord what I felt to tell you is that you just need to be patient you're on day three for creation it was a process Who was feeling that? Who was feeling that? Thank you. Thanks for acknowledging that. Oh, it was more than one person. I didn't realize that. Who else was feeling that? Wow, okay. I didn't realize that was more than one person. But the Lord said, be patient. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing something in you. And what I've started in you. I am able to complete in you. I am able to complete it. Just keep breathing. Don't ever look at wind the same way again. When you walk out that door and the wind blows, just breathe it in through your nostrils and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say, say thank you, Lord. Oh, how good it is to be in the house of God. How good it is to be in the house of the Lord. Where his presence. This is special, guys. Never treat this as, as normal. Never treat this as, as common. Let me say that. Never treat this as common. It should be normal for us. But it should, it should not be common for us. This is special. Today is a special day. 
Today's a special day. Look at the people that gave their lives to Jesus. Amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap in that? Amen. I don't know if you would indulge me just for a second. Sarah, I don't know. I feel like you're supposed to go into something else just for a moment. I don't know what it is, but the Spirit will show you. Come on, just lift your hands. Come on, we're in the very presence of Jesus. Father, we love you, my God. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Thank you, my Lord, for everything that you have done and are doing. Thank you for this time. Guys, this, this is not common. This is what the Lord wants to make normal, but never common. I believe we're going into a season where when we gather together, this spirit in which you feel, bring me down please a little bit, this spirit in which you feel right now is what he wants to do every time. I would like us to make a commitment to the Lord, a commitment of faithfulness. But a commitment is saying, Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, from now on, every time 
I come to the gathering. I'm going to be all in. I'm going to prepare myself before getting here. And I'm going to get here and I'm going to be all in to worship, to praise you, to honor you, to hear you, to allow you to move in my life and in my heart, to be used by you. Because I was made by you. I was made through you and I was made for you. This is my commitment, Lord. And if you agree with that, everyone says, Amen. Come on, if you agree with that, everyone says, Amen. Can we give him praise and honor for our glory for his name? Praise your name, Lord. We glorify you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Woo. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Let's go forth in the spirit of Jesus.